Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Dr. Margaret Swank, the Chief of the OSI Employee Assistant Services. Dr. Swank, welcome to the program. It's so good to see you as always. Oh, it's great to see you too. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, we're going to be talking about, you know, what we said, you know, off mic, the elephant in the room about COVID-19 and how it affects OSI, you know, the whole nine yards. But before we uh, get into that uh, part of the, the interview, uh, I did want to kind of set the stage a little bit uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with employee assistance services. Uh, so in layman's terms, what is it and what is it designed to do? Well, that's a great question. To be honest, when I first, uh, so I left the Navy in 2008 and I transitioned into a civilian position in employee assistance Uh as employee assistance counselor. And I'm like, what is this? I don't know. It says (laughs) counselor. I'm sure I can do it. So I quickly learned uh, it stems originally, well, it started even prior to 1986. But in 1986, Ronald Reagan put forth an executive order on the drug-free workplace. Mm -hmm. And we're all pretty familiar with the drug-free workplace in that we're not allowed to take drugs at work and things like that but a big part of it was him saying so hey we as a federal government we as the employing agencies need to step up and provide services to people to make sure they've got the support that they need to handle the stress on the job and and to avoid you know using substances falling into addiction and I think particularly in the environment we work in now you know in the intelligence community where it's not just your work behavior that's under scrutiny it's your home behavior it's your financial behavior all that is huge yeah and so some a lot of people think psychologist okay it's mental illness you you only need to come in if you're depressed or anxious or ptsd Mm -hmm. in reality all those things you have your medical insurance for right you go to the doctor this is non-medical this is hey i'm frustrated with my boss you know because you can't send that to medicare for billing right right (laughs) or i'm getting annoyed with my colleague how do i deal with these issues before it becomes full-blown isolation from the team which then metamorphoses into depression and so on and so forth so that's kind of the niche that the employee assistance program fills. Mm-hmm. Of course, in, in this kind of setting, we also do crisis incident uh, response. Right. So right. if there's a, a large scale event or a really gruesome event, we might do preventative services for people who are exposed to a lot of violence and gruesome material, sure. just to sure. kind of make sure that stuff doesn't build up. But right. all that falls under the employee assistance umbrella. Wow, that's kind of a big umbrella, that's, that's, that's for sure. Uh, now, as far as your background, Dr. Swank, a little bit, uh, how does your dual-headed uh, background as a licensed clinical psychologist and an accredited financial counselor tie into your responsibilities as the chief of uh, OSI EAS? Sure. Well, again, when I first came into employee assistance, I was I was not used to such a, a sort of general model that really addressed everything that might lead to stress in your life. And yeah. the top three stressors, for example, in couples are sex, money, and kids, right? There you go. So I learned about parenting. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> learned about parenting, learned about sex. 
I needed to learn about money. Right, so when right. I joined the FBI EAP back around 2009, I decided to get that extra accreditation because I really didn't have a lot of training in finance, money, budgeting, uh -huh. and things like that. So it just gave me the added confidence to know that I could provide that service to people. Um, many times people will uh, say, oh, hey, I know I've got this financial disclosure form coming up and I'm a little bit worried, might my spending behavior you know, reflect negatively on right, that? Right, or right. I like to play the lottery, do you think, my, do you think this is becoming a quote-unquote gambling issue? Huh. And so that definitely helps with that too. Um, yeah. It's, you know, for the military, I think the military world thinks, well, we've got airman family readiness for that. You know, at airman family sure. readiness, you've got your military family life counselors, you've got your uh, personal financial counselors. Right. So in the civilian world, the employee assistance programs offer those kind of similar resources. I see. Very good. It's kind of, it's, would you, is it kind of fair to say it's almost kind of like a one-stop shop uh, under EAS where, where all those different types of potential problems can be addressed? Yes. And, you know, I'm just one person, right? So when I say one-stop shop, I'm a great place to start. So even right. if you're out in Korea and your issue is, this is what I'm struggling with, where can I go? Yeah. Then at least we can have that conversation sure. and I can outline the options. Right. I tell people, you know, especially if you've PCS'd, how long were, were you in the military? Oh, yes. 20, 20 years in a month. I thought I remember. <laughs> Who was counting? Between 71 and 91. So, uh, yeah, that's where the gray hair came in. Yeah. So, speaking <laughs> of hair, when you would PCS, how long would it take you to find someone you'd trust to cut those beautiful flowing locks? A long time, believe me. That's why I carry a card with me. <laughs> so, so, it's done the way I want it because I'm the one that's got to walk around with it. But I digress. <laughs> right. So, how hard do you think it is to find someone you're willing to talk to about these very personal, vulnerable matters? Right. You might go to someone hey, you might come to me and it's nice enough, but I didn't really, I don't know if I match with her. I don't know if mm -hmm. I want to talk to her. Sure. That's okay. I'll help you find someone else. Or let's say you're going to someone on base and you're like, man, it's just not working out for me, but I'm reluctant to talk to them. Then maybe I can talk it out with you. We can come up with a plan. We could kind of role play how you might discuss this with a provider. Sure. Um, because you're not always going to gel with the first person you see. So sometimes mm -hmm. it really is about having options. Very, very good. Now, uh, Dr. Swank, given the inherent stressors of uh, uh, working in law enforcement, uh, including the potential to be put in harm's way, what are some of the more common situations you're asked to address uh, for not only our agents, but uh, uh, everyone in the, the OSI community? I'm glad you opened it up to everyone because, you know, everyone who works in this field is exposed to potentially traumatizing material. You know, if it's something left on the copy machine, mm -hmm. uh, you know, child porn left on the copy machine or the facts. Right. If it's our digital forensic examiners who never know what's coming through on the next hard drive. Yeah. You know, some of this stuff is so psychologically toxic. It's like it burns into your retinas and you can't yeah. unsee yeah. that. Yeah. And so some groups simply benefit from a regular check-in being able to kind of clear out that mental closet of things that build up and you can talk about them, set them aside. Because some people will say, oh yeah, I'm able to talk with my spouse or I'm able to talk with my teammates. But some people say, 
doc, I don't even want to talk about this stuff with my spouse. I don't want them exposed to this kind of thing. And sometimes the spouses will say, "Mm, I can't hear any more of that. That gave me nightmares for weeks. So that That makes makes it a tougher situation. Yeah. And it makes total sense. So I, over the years, have developed the ability. It's kind of like water off a duck's back. You know, similar to people in law enforcement, yeah. people, uh, agents, professional staff, intelligence analysts are often exposed to a lot of material and we have to learn how to not not take yeah. that on and, and not take yeah. that home, so to speak. You know, um, because of confidentiality, can't really discuss anything specific. And right. I know that's not what you're asking right, for. Right. And of course, when you you know take that oath as a government employee or take that oath as a military member they give you the creds they give you your uh papers they certainly don't say here give me all your life stresses you don't have to worry about yeah, that yeah, anymore yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right not exchanging one for the other there, yeah. <laughs> yeah either that or i missed that part of the onboarding right. process <laughs> where they said hey turn in your stressors here you don't have to worry about right, it anymore right. But they're just, you know, whether it's parenting, whether it's, you know, the generation now, a lot of people are taking care of their parents now and the stressors that come along with that, Uh, moving, uh, making new friends. And sometimes it really is just um, difficulties within the workplace. You know, how do I deal with a supervisor who I might not be getting along with or how do I deal with a colleague who I feel like is undermining me how do I navigate some of those conversations and those dynamics and so but again it runs the gamut because it could even be wow I'm kind of new to this and I'm trying to figure out how do I tweak my time management Mm -hmm. you know how do I tweak my organization and something is, as I say, simple, but something like that. Um, it could even be, I like to say, think of me as the Dr. Phil of OSI. Okay. <laughs> if you, you're single, you want some dating advice, hey, call yeah. me up. We'll talk about, <laughs> look, I'm an agent and I play someone else online. I don't trust people online. Okay, well, let's look at some other options near you for meeting people and, you know, kind of thinking outside the box of creating the social life that you want without having to give that up for your occupational life. So it really kind of is a it's a balance. It's awesome. Something new comes through the door, I feel like, every time. I bet. I bet. Uh, now, Doctor, uh, let's shift gears to uh, that elephant in the room that we're going to talk about, uh, the new normal, quote unquote, of COVID-19. How has the pandemic changed or altered the way you assist members of this command? Well, I'll tell you, Wayne, I did not know really what Zoom was <laughs> before March. <laughs> we know now. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, whether I want to or not. Right, right. now there's a whole new Zoom gov. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know what Zoom was back uh, in prior to this in the mental health field, you know, text and um, email, fairly anathema, because we really want to make sure to protect confidentiality. We want to make sure to protect people's privacy. So yeah, I I have a uh, virtual office through a service called doxy.me, D-O-X-Y dot M-E, which is HIPAA compliant, allows me to interact with people. Hmm. Now that doesn't prevent, you know, me from using things like Zoom or FaceTime if necessary, but really you, you can't discuss PHI and even sensitive PII over those modalities. Now again, for those, uh, new to those particular terms, yes. so what do they stand for again? Oh, protected health information okay. and 
PII. personally identifiable information, okay. PII. Right. All that stuff you don't necessarily want people, you know, finding out because they happen along some link somewhere. I don't even understand the technology of it, yeah. to yeah. be honest with okay. you. But it's there and it's available. So. Yes, yes. And we've been doing webinars, mm -hmm. which again mm -hmm. is a new thing for me. I kind of... Uh, um, dabbled with webinars in 2018 when I put on a series about mindfulness yeah. and it was kind of hit or miss so I put the archives up on MillTube and then kind of set that aside um, for the time being so launched back into the webinars and it's been a, uh, a learning curve sure but um, yeah we're gonna but keep well doing that it, I'm sure yeah I think so and the feedback we get is so we would do in-person things here at headquarters uh -huh. but the only time I would do this kind of stuff for the field was if I did a, a, a site visit a right. field office visit right. so it's been really great to get in touch with people out in the field over the webinars very good uh, Dr. Swank from your perspective how has the coronavirus impacted OSI's uh, ability to be resilient in your view you know, so I'll, most of my work has been in the government over 20 years. Yeah. And I've got to say, seeing how quickly this moved and how quickly the organization maneuvered around it and maintained its viability blew me away. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this is amazing. So one week we were kind of talking hypothetically. One day we tested the system here at headquarters, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the day yeah. that we live in infamy. No. Um, yeah. But then the next week, we were all working from home and sure, that went on sure. for some time and and to see that that really didn't stop things mm -hmm. you know i i kind of wondered is it going to be like a dc snowstorm are we going to be stopped <laughs> in our tracks forever right, and right. It, it worked out okay uh i i certainly can't um speak for everyone you know when it comes to resilience uh, some people are struggling i know yeah, yeah all of us are struggling in some way or another you know because it's a different situation for every one of us and we're all human right so. right and some of us have the stressors of being shut in with our family some of us have the stressor of being shut in alone mm -hmm. and uh some people might have been struggling with problems like drinking before this and covid just made it worse when the only thing <laughs> When the only thing's open is the liquor store and the bar, yeah, yeah. you know, you're only human, <laughs> right? right sure. um, but the most resilient people are the ones who kind of take note of that, acknowledge it, and then reach out either to their supervisors or to a colleague or directly to, you know, EAP, whether it's through me, Military One Source, and say, hey, I want to work on this. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I could use some help with this. Yeah, very good. Uh, to dovetail on that, Dr. Swank, uh, what is your overall assessment on how the command has responded in light of the COVID-19 challenge? Uh, from what you just said, it sounds like uh, you know, you're very encouraged by uh, overall uh, the way folks have been able to bounce back. I am. I, I do worry as this sort of drags on. I'm probably one of those that was in the camp of, so when we started working from home in March, I'm thinking, okay, it'll be a week. After a week, I'm like, okay, it'll just be another week. Right. Okay, right. definitely by the summer, we're going to be back. Yeah. And now here it is, we're coming up on 2021. And they've just sort of reinvigorated uh, the importance of uh, yeah. maximizing working from home. So it's like, sure. will this ever end? <laughs> right. 
Uh, so I do worry because I think people start to question, am I working effectively with these restrictions and in this new environment? You know, are we able to meet the mission that, you know, we took this job to meet? Are we sure. able to serve justice? Are we able yeah, to catch yeah. the bad guys? Yeah. You know, but I have been... And those are high expectations. Yes, yes, because they're underground too, right? Yeah. They're yeah. at home now, working from home. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's going to continue to be a challenge, but I've really been heartened to see how agile people have been and how creative just yeah. the, with the stories that you write and that come out from your office about the way people are doing things and getting around it's it's pretty impressive oh it is and and uh you know thanks for the kind words about the stories but uh, again when you have the kind of subject matter like you just said that uh just make makes everyone smile i mean uh, to, to do the kind of job that the folks in this organization do, whether it be a special agent or a professional staffer, uh, everyone uh, seems to have uh, uh, stepped up their game another notch uh, to overcome this. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see, and hopefully it'll be sooner than later when, when COVID finally uh, uh, does come to its end. Uh, but during the pandemic, Doctor, you reached out uh, to the command through a variety of webinars, Zoom meetings, as you mentioned, uh, meditation sessions, etc to facilitate their wellness. Uh, how noticeable of an impact have these online tools had on OSI folks with regard to uh, positive feedback? You know, I so I don't always get a lot of feedback, mm -hmm. um, but the feedback that I have gotten is, hey, it's great to get this in the field. Thank you for this. A lot of times I'll get feedback that says, wow, this is so timely. You know, recently I did a thing through the FBI on uh, dealing with loss over the holidays. Yeah. And it both in the course of that talk and then before and after that had people reaching out, yeah, this is really tough. It is really tough because I've had a loss or my family's had a loss. And the social distancing of COVID really leaves people feeling more alone than ever. Wow. Like, wow, I must be the only one going through this. And then the holidays with these expectations and these wonderful Hallmark movies and everything really intensifies that. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think sometimes the webinars and, and uh, meditations help people feel linked in. I know some people have expressed that they have used this opportunity to start new resilience habits. Okay. I think people who might never have meditated before have been willing to try it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. with some uh, trepidation, they have admitted that sometimes they join so that they can get a good nap, but I don't judge. In yeah, fact, yeah. I say, I hang up the call, so if you fall asleep, you don't have to worry. There will not be an open mic. I turn that puppy right <laughs> off. Well, at least they're making the effort <laughs> to try to participate, and, right. that's, and that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. When I started meditating, I always practiced at night because I wanted to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Your timing's impeccable, right? <laughs> now I'm next level. I do it at work, and sometimes I wake up when my lunch break's over. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Moving on, Dr. Swank, uh, you mentioned uh, articles that uh, we've been writing out of public affairs uh, during COVID-19. Uh, one of the earlier ones that uh, we turned out back in March uh, of uh, 2020, uh, dealing with uh, the various programs that are coming out of your office uh, to help uh, people deal with the lockdown at the time when uh, COVID-19 first 
became the new norm, quote unquote. Uh, and I'm quoting here from uh, what you said in the article. You said, quote, the bright side of the operational slowing created by the current issues is that there is time that can be devoted to working through stress and personal issues. Internal work can strengthen foundations for the mental toughness necessary for law enforcement and counterintelligent work. Now, when I first read that, I thought, well, gee, it sounds like you're back then you were seeing light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, is that a fair assessment now, or has things uh, kind of uh, have things kind of uh, uh, swayed your opinion? Uh, you know, almost uh, into 2021. You know, I, I think I, I laugh and smile. People on the podcast won't see that because I'm thinking, yeah, that tunnel turned out to be a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> but I truly do still think there's a light at the end of it. And, you know, it's like I said earlier, um, people can get through this with resilience. Resilience is not about never having stressors. Resilience is about growing through the difficult situations mm -hmm. and so you can choose to sit at home and day drink and whenever we go back to work you're 50 pounds heavier your liver hates you yeah. and you're going to go through some tough withdrawal symptoms sure or you can say all right how do i take on this challenge how do i use this time if maybe you have downtime when you're working from home or if your schedule is such that you only go in on certain hours maybe use those sure, other hours sure. to stop by airman family readiness this is that opportunity that i know back when i was active duty they would always talk about oh put in 110 percent you know 24 7 <laughs> because when the operation slows when we have downtime then you'll get to relax well guess what this this might be your downtime yes, so you yes. know use that although i know a lot of our hard charging type a folks are like i know i want to get back out there and get to working as hard as i used to work before uh, but yeah. the, I, I think there still is that opportunity to use it to take a personal inventory and help grow your personal resilience. Very good w words to live by, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, doctor, as another year approaches and the uncertainty of how long COVID-19 is going to be around with us, what do you envision the future holding for OSI employee assistance services, both long and short term? So I am very excited. I think we've got a lot of great things on the horizon for employee assistance. The command has been so incredibly supportive and so acknowledging of the value of this support for the personnel. The Air Force first time ever has given XB our very own mental health technician. Wow. And not just any mental health technician, but newly promoted to Master Sergeant. So we've got oh, Master wow. Sergeant Martha Dunham, who is now our XB superintendent. And I tell you, yeah. she I've is- I've seen her name on email traffic. That's she sure. is whipping us into shape. She is gonna, <laughs> she, and so she has been a real godsend. Uh, so that it's kind of doubled our EAP service capacity for sure. Great. Uh, the True North Initiative is going to be getting us a social worker, a couple psychologists, a chaplain, and I know the command is also working on a, spe a specific command chaplain. Right. And right. so I foresee a number of resources coming in, which will be great because I've, I know some people have said, well, I didn't want to reach out because I know you're busy. And yeah, I always tell yeah. them, hey, I prefer <laughs> the busyness of interacting with another person to paperwork. So there guess what? Go. If there I'm not go. talking to someone, I'm doing paperwork. Please call. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but that is on the horizon. You know, in 2021, although my hope is that as they roll out a vaccine and 
we we kind of get this under control uh, we get more face time in the office we're going to continue with the webinar and some of the virtual programming with parenting support uh, support for individuals living alone mm -hmm. during the pandemic uh, and you know maybe even uh, support for family for people with family members with addiction right maybe right, people right. going through separation or divorce which is a major impact yes. for a lot of our folks where family is our support system sure, sure. Um, so we're really gonna work on putting those things out so that they're still available uh, to the field as well as hopefully in person here at headquarters there you go <laughs> finally uh, dr. Swank is there anything else you'd like to add well I just want to let people know hey if you want to get a hold of us it's as easy as sending an email afosi.eap at us.af.mil and that will go to myself and sergeant Dunham and so between the two of us uh, one of us will get back to you the other thing I'll throw out, I actually, I don't know what your experience has been, but I actually added it as a line on my signature block. If you don't hear from me, if you don't hear back from me within 48 hours, call me. Sometimes emails get lost, whether it gets lost coming to me or my reply gets lost yeah, going to yeah. you. And there's nothing more frustrating to me than thinking someone is out there thinking, oh, great. Not even employee assistance cares, you know, because well, hitting the bottom point, of the though, barrel. Swank, because uh, <laughs> with so many people doing telework, uh, there has been a, str uh, a strain on, you know, just the computer system uh, right. in total. And so that's, that's a very good point. And so I, I don't have a problem with all with folks calling, but it's a great way to start just by emailing that afosi.eap at us.af.mil. And even if it's just a suggestion, like, Hey, send someone with a better voice for the podcast. Hey, that's fine. I don't take it personally. Yeah, nothing to worry about, Dr. Swank. I can't match. I can't match you, sir, but, no, you know, no, no. I no, try. But, uh, uh, I, I, you've been uh, a great guest, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, uh, thank you, uh, you know, so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule um, uh, with uh, EAS and uh, to, to share some of your insights that I'm sure uh, are going to help a lot of folks out there in the field. I hope so. Thank you so much. It's so great to talk with you. Our guest has been Dr. Margaret Swank, the Chief of the OSI Employee Assistance Services. Doctor, thanks again for taking the time to be with us, and thank all of you for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.